Hi, this is Relatively Asian Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Minnie. And this is episode six of our podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. If you haven't listened to our last episode, we talked about the recent events of hate crimes towards Asian Americans, as well as our personal experiences with it. If you're interested, go check out that episode. This week, we are so excited to have our first guest on the podcast, Rob Mark. We both met Rob a couple years ago at a mutual friends engagement party. On this episode, we're going to dive into his life as a full-time energy consultant while being a creative and having a thriving business. So without further ado, here's the episode. All right. Welcome to the pod, Rob. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for being here. So glad to have you. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just kick it off with Mm -hmm. a brief introduction. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Yes. I am the aforementioned Rob. (laughs) Um, By day, I'm an energy consultant slash engineer. And I would also say by day, I'm also a photographer. Oh, wow. Nice. And by night. (laughs) And, And by night, by really any time of the day that people will pay me to take photos. Nice. Okay. So you are, okay, so currently your full-time job is an energy consultant. What is what is that? Is that related to what you studied? Do you want to just share a bit more about yeah. that? Yeah, um, I went to Northeastern. I studied chemical engineering, um, and I had mm, a smart, decent <laughs> bit of time um, uh, in the biotech field as a lab employee doing process development. And after that, I wanted to get out and see what else I could do with my degree, and that led me to energy. So basically, my day-to-day is... Um, Large building owners will contract us out to see how they can save on their energy consumption. So we'll go, we'll request documents, and we'll model the property and come back with our uh, findings. Wow, that sounds really interesting. And you mentioned (laughs) photography is something you do also during the day, and that's kind of like your side hustle. So do you want to speak more about what you do with that? Yeah, and like when did you start it? That is a great question. I, I mean, I first got a camera maybe in middle school, took photos, didn't really know what I was doing back then. And it's great because I would, you know, post all these photos to Facebook. And now the time hop will be like, hey, look at your photo from a decade ago. And I'll be like, Rob, these skins are so orange. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing I've seen in my life. Um, but I really got serious into it um, senior year of high school and all throughout college. It gave me a little bit more purpose and a little bit more drive to hone in on my skills. Not only taking photos, but editing them and being deliberate with how I do things. So I specialize in portraiture, lifestyle, and product photography. Wow, nice. Wow, nice. I guess, like, what drew you to photography yeah. to begin with? I had a few good friends that liked taking photos, and I kind of wanted to do that. And over time, it just developed, and I guess passion continued. And just a really cool way to explore. Were there any, like, pivotal moments where it became just, like, more than a hobby that you would do and something that you were could like make money from (laughs) like a lucrative oh yeah definitely I like to say that the turning point was really in my senior year of high school um and one of my friends who's a youtuber asked me to start shooting his videos for him Mm. and the Mm. first video that we put out in high school this happened yes oh wow senior year February 2014 no uh it was Dan Jang and he's like six years older than me shout out to Dan Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we can insert a clip Maybe we can't. No, no, no we can't. Out. We can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got that out. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> and the first video that I shot was absolute garbage, but, you know, he put some faith in me and he continued asking me to shoot them. And so that really forced me to focus on my technique. 
and really forced me to get better at it. And through that, uh, I made a bunch of other connections and that also forced me to get better at it too. And so it's just been um, a nice journey of having different mentors and different very skilled people that I look up to um, be a part of my life and help me grow. Oh, cool. So other photographers like gave you guidance or you kind of just like learned by practice? There were definitely other photographers that I would pick their brains. Um, but I think most of how I came to be have been through just a lot of practice. Um, and also the people that I shoot with. So the models, the actresses, the YouTubers, because they were so professional in their craft that really forced me to be professional in my complimenting craft. Gotcha. Like honor that. Yeah. Exactly. Respect. <laughs> I don't want to waste their time. Yeah. yeah. And I also right. wanted them to keep coming back to me. That's mm -hmm. true. So I guess for like people who don't understand how this works, how do you like get a gig or like what goes into that? And like, how do you prepare for that? Like what is involved in like a shoot for a YouTuber, let's say? For YouTuber, so it definitely varies between photo and video. Most of the time I'll get inquiries through my Instagram. I'll get a bunch of DMs or through my website, which I will say Instagram, probably 75% website, 25%, just because it's a lot easier to advertise on social media. You know, people see your work tagged in other people's photos or through the suggested photos. Um, but a website, I guess that whole way of advertising being less and less effective and people are more on social media these days. So after that, you know, we'll talk. If they like it, I'll send them a contract, sign a few things. Oh, you just send a them deposit. a contract? What goes into a contract? Just all the legal jargon. Rob sent me oh, a contract. Really? <laughs> For the wedding. Did Wait. you write? Did you write the contract? I had a hand in revising it. Okay, just the the, the reviewer. <laughs> yeah. So I think Cynthia had oh. that contract. Right? Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I like to look over everything, make sure all of our bases are covered, not just for me, but for also the client. So did you like know about this contract when you went into like photography or like when did you start, I guess, turning it into like... An um, actual business? Yeah, an actual business where you required a contract and everything. And any learning curves. As opposed to way. just like <laughs> taking photos for friends for fun. You know what I mean? Well, I definitely still do just take photos with yeah. friends for fun because <laughs> that's fun for me and it's fun for my friends. Yeah. Um, but I would say in college, that's when I really started to get more serious about this. Um, I did a lot of Googling, you know, read a bunch of uh, like little small books on how to, I guess, start something like this and look basically for a lot of resources in creating contracts, looked at templates. Yeah, just over time and the more... I guess business you have and the more, I hate saying this, but the more, I guess, like legit you become, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. more you need to cover your bases. Yeah. Oh, wow. So no one taught you that stuff. Like you learned that yourself, the business aspect, I mean. Pretty much. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. I have a question that kind of just came up. Yeah. As you were saying, like in part, it's like a business, but also like you shoot with your friends and you enjoy that and your friends enjoy that. So I've like, I have like friends who are creatives and I've had conversations with them before and them sharing like also within the creative community how sometimes like say like um the service you provide is like photography right it can be like an not like annoying but like friends just expect that you will always do that for them Ooh. like for free so my question for you is like I guess like what's your take on that like is that something That's that really within the community people talk about like mm -hmm. what is the social etiquette like if you know me as your friend I wanted you to shoot photos for me like would you prefer would you suggest someone first ask and offer to pay you know and kind of see where that goes or like just what are your thoughts on that it's always a great feeling when your friends ask you for photos but then with that they also ask you what your rates are mm -hmm. obviously you know for my close friends I'm not going to charge anything because I just like spending time with them 
And it makes so much more of a difference when I'm taking photos of a person that I love, editing that and having that feeling of, oh my gosh, they're going to love this. But that being said, you know, if you can, I would say support your creative friends. You know, friends shouldn't be given discounts. I believe and I try and practice that friends should be supporting their friends by paying more. the asking price, if not more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you would definitely recommend like just erring on the ca- side of caution. Like you should always ask your friends like what their rates are and just kind of like. And not assuming it's yeah, going to be free. As- yeah. Don't assume. Right. And, you know, just it just goes with not only supporting them, I guess, by liking their photos, but supporting them monetarily. Yeah. Is that the right word? Like compensating yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so what was your first big job where you where you felt like, oh, I made it. I made this like hustle become like a huge I'm legit. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm legit. I don't know if it was a big job, but I think it was big acquaintances and people that I would shoot with would recommend me to their other friends. And so most of this came about, it was 2016. Um, I was in school in Boston. My YouTuber friend and I met another friend who was very prominent on YouTube, also very prominent on normal media. So she was an actress on a TV show. And we shot together when she was in New Jersey for a convention for her show. And apparently she liked shooting with us enough that um, she had a gig for to, to play at Northeastern. And they didn't really match her uh, normal asking price, but she said she would take it anyway so that we could all meet up again and we can create more content. Wow. Wow. So she went there specifically to hang out with you guys. Pretty much. I mean, you know, we played a show or she played a show. I actually Mm -hmm. played the keys in her show, which was kind of cool because she needed a keyboardist. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. So she came for a week and it was one of the busiest weeks of my life, but it was just so much fun shooting with her. And after that, she would like mention my name to her other like actress friends and I just got a bunch of followers. Wow. Oh, wow. That like, boost. Yeah, yeah. Like people. And then um, when I go to LA, you know, to visit and to hang out, like she'll literally say to me, Hey, go through my, or go through my Instagram and see who I'm following and see who you want to shoot with. And I can connect you. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm really grateful. And it's, you know, those kinds of people, um, that have really helped me get to, not that I am anywhere really significant, but have really, you know, helped me and pushed me to become better and to get out there. Uh, tell us one of your most memorable stories, either something, a gig that went super well or a gig that didn't go quite as planned or went poorly. So I'll say one of the coolest events that I've been to, I was actually the road manager for my YouTuber friend. And so this isn't strictly like a photography. It wasn't really a gig. I was just going as his entourage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> even better. Sure. Um, but, like you know, I did bring the one. camera because, you know, I, I always bring a camera mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to things like this. Um, but I'd like to say it as I like to tell this story as an example of how versatile you can be by just, you know, learning about the industries and going out there and exploring what you can do with, I guess, a little bit of experience in different fields. So this basically um, was an event in Milan. It was Fashion Week, fall 2018. Yeah, fall 2018. And my friend got invited to play at a Fashion Week after party. And so this was for Dolce & Gabbana, and it was Domenico Dolce's 60th birthday party. Yeah, and this party, it was ridiculous. It was in the Four Seasons Hotel in Milan. You know, they flew us out there. They put us up in this really nice hotel that they put up all of their celebrities in. So the people that were, you know, walking the runway for them were all staying there too. 
and there was just a crowd of people outside and they had the little barriers that went up and down so that only certain cars could get in. And so as people were getting out of the cars in front of the hotel, the crowd would, you know, they'd be craning their neck to be looking like, oh, you know, who's getting out of this car? Oh. And so we get out of the car. The crowd goes, <laughs> oh, who's that? Yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, eh, eh, whatever. Never mind. <laughs> they go back to sitting down. <laughs> wow. No, no Getty photos. So exactly. For yeah. a YouTuber friend or for you? You know, I had the Sharpie waiting as I hopped out of the car <laughs> wow. and nobody asked me to sign anything. Honestly, uh, that's offensive. Seriously. How could they? I know. <laughs> me and my 8,000 followers. They don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Damn. But yeah, so this was just a really cool glimpse into like the fashion house world. Um, obviously, you know, they gave him a custom suit. They tailored him. They measured everything. I, meanwhile, rolled up in my nice J. Crew suit that I had tailored at my Still J. Crew nice. men's sure shop. Great. Yeah, it was it was a nice suit. And yeah, the event was just insane. There was just so much money that was spent and so many prominent people there that I felt really out of place. And also at the same time, just like. You know, trying to have that walk. Like, you know, people don't know me and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You belong there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Own it. <laughs> so who who was like the most famous person you guys saw there and talked to? I talked to Emily Radajaski for a bit. Who's that? The model. The model. Oh, yikes. The model. <laughs> she Come like on. What, what kind of model? She's huge. Um how do you know her? <laughs> she's a model? <laughs> Wait, does she model for Victoria's Secret? Is she an angel? No, I don't think she's an angel. So she I came to like prominence a... because she was in that Robin Thicke Blurred Lines video, and then oh. she appeared topless in the okay. uncensored one. And then people oh. were like, oh my gosh, she's topless, blah, 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 blah. And it's... Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, she's big. Yeah, so she yeah. got really big, and she launched her own line recently, I think, of clothing or swimwear or something. Oh, okay. Stuff that I can't wear, so Wait, I don't... you said you talked to her? Yeah. Oh. What's she like? Yeah, what's she like? What she was talk nice. About? I mean, it was a brief conversation. We saw her there, and I was like, hey, like... You just approached her? Yeah. I mean, she had like a, I guess like bodyguard, bodyguard mm-hmm. a security personnel with her mm-hmm. in case anything, you know, happened. And she was just like really low key and just chatting with people and having a good time, not really partying like on the dance floor or anything. So that was, that was kind of cool. I mean, there were, there were a lot of like fashion influencers there, like menswear bloggers, people that walked the runway. Yeah. Just, you know, some Vine stars too, when that was a thing. Oh. Like back who? then, like Anyone, uh, uh, famous? Cameron Dallas. I was basically like at the bar getting another drink and he came up to me. Oh, he came up to you. We were just like kind of like vibing, chatting it up. And he was like, yo, are we going to take a selfie or what? And I was like, yo, yeah, let's do it. Wow. So I pull up my phone Damn. we take a selfie. And I was like, yo, what's your handle? And he was like, oh, it's Cameron Dallas. And I was like, word. Tags him in my story. That was about it. That's so wow. he was pretty cool. That's pretty just cool. a chill dude. Um, but I guess the coolest part was we had a surprise performer or guest performer and it was Cardi B. Oh. <gasps> Are you kidding me? Oh Private my God. performance by Cardi B. It was. Did you talk to her? Were insane. you close? Oh I God. was very close to her while she was performing. So <gasps> I guess the distance oh between wow. me and you right now, Minnie. Oh, is that like, is, is very close. Feet? Yeah, that's six feet. Yeah, within six Less. feet. That's crazy. Because like it was feet. an intimate party, right? Damn, that's yeah. really I mean, close. there were wow. a good amount of people there and mm-hmm. we were just crowning it. You know, shout out to the pre-COVID days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she was just incredible. Wow. What did she sing? She performed like most of her top hits. Like Bodak Yellow. Mm. Um, oh. I forget I like what it. were on her. At I don't know point, if that song I like was it out like that then. afterwards. Oh. But Actually, it was 2018. Yeah, I don't think that was out yet. Okay. I think that was, yeah, okay. later. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I don't remember that's all really the songs cool. were. But it was like, you know, her hits. And she performed a few songs and then, you know, the night went on. But that was wild. She was talking to Domenico Dolce, like, just like afterwards. And we passed her and I was like, we were like, oh, you want to say hi? But we shouldn't. 
But you should. You know, <laughs> she gets a lot of attention. Mm. I'm sure she just wants to go oh, in. Oh, were people like all like swarming her or something? No. Which was oh, cool because it really was like cool. a party for like people that this was normal. So how do you balance having like this side hustle and your nine to five job? Do you feel like you're overworked? Like what are your hours typically? My hours for work are, as you said, a nine to five. Yeah. Um, but I feel very fortunate that I can get paid for this side hustle or hobby of mine, whatever you want to call it, it's something that brings me joy. I can get paid for it, but also not have to use it to put food on the table. So it really allows me to be selective with how much work I take and what work I take. So if something's not interesting to me or if it you know, seems like it wouldn't be a good time, I'm not going to take it. I'm not, I'm not going to be really rude to them and be like, nah, I'm out of here. Reject. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'll either hike up the price to something absorbent. Oh. So if they want me to really want me to do it, then I'm like, yeah, I can do it for this amount of money. Tea. Or, Damn. <laughs> you can know, you name the price? Yeah. Uh, what services do you, like, least enjoy offering? Yeah. And what price is it? So those people will now know that you <laughs> hiked it up. <laughs> I'll tell you the craziest one I got away with. Somebody wanted engagement pics. I don't really want to take engagement pics for them. Wait, why? You don't like them? I love, in general, I love taking engagement pics, but I guess then I just wasn't feeling it or I was mm. kind of busy. Yeah. Um, but so I quoted them at $1,200 <gasps> for like a two-hour session. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't really know anything about like photos. So can we give like a baseline what's the going of like rate? what's the, yeah, the normal rate for that kind of thing? But I'm sure there's Really depends per photographer. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, 400, 600 bucks. For an hour? Oh, my God. Or a session. For a session. Which is like an hour to two hours. Oh, so you like One to two doubled hours. the price. Actually, my, my wedding photographer was 500 for engagement. Oh, wow. Session. Yeah. But it was in the package because uh-huh. she's doing our wedding day. Right, but right. yeah, if it's just a, sing- a solo oh session. God. And you charge 500. 1100 Wow. 1200 Wow. 1200 <laughs> Oh, sorry. 1200 And did they want you still? Yes. <gasps> oh, wow. my God. Oh, so were they like rich? Yes. I mean, who oh. spends <laughs> Oh, my God. Who is it? No, you don't have to tell us. No, I mean, they weren't anyone that was Yeah, like, they were just people who Yeah, had, they were just yeah, people who had money. Normal people who wanted oh, yeah. oh, normal people who had money. Okay. But I also feel like the, my pricing has to also reflect the people that I shoot for. What do you, can you elaborate on that? So a lot of people chase clout, right? And so they're like, oh, this celebrity got this product. Oh. Or this celebrity had this person shoot for them. I want okay. their shooter so I can tell people, hey, I got this person who oh, shot that is so X, true. Y, and Z. Yeah. Interesting. And so that really takes away from like the genuineness of my line of work. And so having to price something at a little bit, I guess, of a premium to kind of weed out those people that are just chasing that clout. So what kind of like shoots do you prefer versus like not prefer in mm-hmm. terms of like, like, do you like wedding shoots? Like, or do you like, you know, like more artistic? Yeah. Like avant-garde. what do you like to do? <laughs> what do you enjoy? I like shooting lifestyle things. I love trying to convey emotions in my photos, but more so the emotions of wow, this looks really cool. Wow, I want to be there. Wow, I want to experience this. And so the whole thing of lifestyle photos coming about is they're kind of product photography, but they're not. They're selling an experience. And so I love thinking about things that way. I mean, I also really like taking like proposals and engagement shoots just because of all the beautiful raw emotions that are captured then, especially if they're surprises. And I will say that I'm not the biggest fan of doing weddings for random people. Meaning people that I don't know. Because while it is a very profitable industry, it's just there's a lot of work that goes into it, right? And there's a lot of dealing with 
people who rightly so, you know, are very, very excited and passionate for their wedding day. And so with that can come miscommunications, tempers can flare up. Um, and so I'd rather, you know, avoid that if I can. That being said, you know, I do take weddings. I do love getting referrals from my friends. I do love shooting weddings of my friends um, because I think everybody deserves to have beautiful photos on their wedding day, like something for them to remember, to keep in the album, to bring out, to show their children and their grandchildren and whatever. Um, and so, you know, I'll literally tell my friends, hey, if you can't afford like a good photographer, just let me know your budget and we'll work something out. Because I've said this before, but I love taking photos of people that I love. And so that means so much more to me when I'm on the job shooting these photos and editing them to know that this photo, like, they'll love. So for some of our listeners, um, they might be interested in stepping into the creative field or maybe starting a side hustle in addition to what they do for full time. Do you have any advice from those people or like, I guess, like lessons that you've learned throughout the years of doing it yourself that you would share with someone? Definitely. My first piece of advice to everybody is to go out and shoot. You don't need really expensive equipment to start taking photos. By now, everybody has a phone that has a good enough, at least good enough camera on it that you can start learning about composition and framing and being deliberate and intentional on how you take your photos. My biggest pet peeve when people talk about photography in general as a subject is how much emphasis they put on gear because you don't need expensive gear. Yes, the gear makes it easier to achieve what you want to achieve. It makes it easier to take what's in your mind and actually create that, but it's not everything. If you really sit down and learn how to compose a photo, on how to frame something, on how to edit it intentionally, then you're set. Like gear should never be your number one priority in taking photos. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah, that is good advice. So if you don't have the money, that's not a good enough excuse, guys. <laughs> exactly. People always tell me, they're like, wow, your camera takes really good photos. And I'm like, yes, it does. But also, I've spent years doing this. I've spent so many hours practicing, editing, re-editing, asking friends for comments and critique. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess to wrap it up, um, thank you so much for being here today, Rob. Do you want to make any plugs for your socials, photography website? All right. <laughs> so I came here for. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at R-M-A-R-Q underscore. Or you can visit my website, robmarkphoto.com. So you want to sp- mark is with a K for your website. Yes. Mark is with a K for <laughs> Not my a Q, website. guys. <laughs> Not Don't Q, be confused. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again. And everyone be sure to check them out. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, you can connect with us on Instagram at Relatively Asian. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.